Welcome back to the Evolution Pod Club. I am your host, Jackie Sidon. You have come here to learn how to fly. That is what you're seeking. To set your heart free and fly, soar above it all, so high that nothing can touch you, nothing can bring you down. Oh, sure, they may try, and you may even let yourself drop a little, but never losing your flight, never feeling pain, hurt, discomfort, stress, anxiety, or any negative emotions. Flight, feeling freedom, joy, ease, curiosity, fun, excitement, ecstasy. You want to feel ecstasy. This is why you want the dream job, the perfect relationship, or children, more money in the bank. You're working and toiling to get to a place where you feel you can stop and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Oh, one day you'll retire and really get to enjoy it all. Oh, one day you'll have the success you're after and it will all have been worth it, all the sacrifice. Oh, one day your kids will appreciate you and all that you've done. Oh, one day your parents will be proud. Oh, one day, one day. And you sacrifice or you don't sacrifice and then you beat yourself up about it. You tell yourself you're not doing enough. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. You're not strong enough. Other people can do it, but it's not meant for you. You can't do it alone. Your body won't let you. Your friends don't believe in you. Your family doesn't support you. So let us clear this up right here and right now. You are more loved and supported in every moment than you can ever imagine. You have millions of entities sending you love and guidance in every moment of your life. And not only your guides, but the guides of everyone you have ever met and will ever meet are with your guides as well. This includes the guides of your friends, your family, your enemies, your neighbors, and even strangers on the street. They're all conspiring to support you, all of you at all times. Yeah, sure. Doesn't feel like it, right? You may be the abused. You may be the abuser. It doesn't matter who you are. You are loved. No matter who you believe you are and what you believe you have done, there is not an outside God, a merciful God who is granting you pardon. The forgiveness you seek, <laughs> it comes from you, within you. You are the God which you have spent eons trying to find. You are the unique expression of God, of source energy. Come to the physical realm to have experiences as a human and acquire more knowledge to expand all that is. You are the most perfect entity that has ever been created. And so is everyone around you. All of them, a pure reflection of how you perceive yourself and your reality. So give up the struggle, give up the sacrifice. One day has arrived. It is not in the distant or near future. It is today. You have come here to learn how to fly and we will guide you and show you the way until you reconnect with the non-physical part of you and no longer need us or anyone at all. You have your own perfect guidance system. You may not like the conditions you find yourself in. The only person you have to take that up with is you. Stop playing the victim. Stop blaming others or your conditions for how you feel. No one can make you feel anything without your consent. So don't co-sign. No one can create in your reality and you cannot create anyone else's. If you want to fly, start taking accountability for how you feel. Become aware of how you feel. 
meditate, get quiet. You will need to hush the ego mind to allow for your inner voice to come through. And once you have access to this voice deep inside you and you stop ignoring it, your life will change drastically. Health issues will clear up. Jobs will seemingly fall out of the sky. You will meet someone, but get clear. Listen for your own voice. And if it is rooted in love, you have found it. And when you feel the inspiration to take some kind of small action, whatever it may be, do not question it. Do not debate it. Heed the fear that pops up to stop you from taking the action and push past it to do the thing anyway. Once you take the action, the ego mind will quiet down. Don't have regrets. Don't question your choices. The choices you make or have made were the only choices that there were ever, ever, ever to be made. There is no wrong anywhere in the universe and you are not being wrong either. So forgive yourself, forgive your guides for putting you in the situations that you're having a hard time coping with. See how they were all designed to get you on this journey of self-discovery. See how you are the person you are today because of every single thing you have ever been through. Trust that that is the same for everyone around you, people you do and don't know who may be going through it. It is all for their benefit. Have compassion and show love and don't make it wrong. If you can find acceptance for yourself, the conditions and everyone around you, if you can open yourself up to new beliefs that suggest that you're the creator of your reality and not the victim, if you can align your perspective with that of your inner being that everything is happening for you and not to you, if you can see that even for a moment, then you can harness all the forces of the universe to bring you everything you have ever desired. If you take inspired action, you will feel more confident and you will take more inspired action. And step-by-step, step, your wings will begin to unfold and they will begin to flap and they will move faster and faster and faster. And before you know it, you will look down and see that you are in flight, knowing that nothing can get you down, not loss, not rejection, not even death, because none of it is real. It is all a part of a master plan. You had to remember that, of course, you can fly. After all, you are an eternal, limitless being of pure, positive love and acceptance. You are the definition of flight, freedom, and perfection. Can you feel it? I certainly can feel it. I see the perfection when I lay my eyes on my next guest. Her accomplishments are incredible, and the list is so long. Okay. She graduated from Northwestern university with me. I think some kind of magnum cum laude. Oh, damn. This girl is not messing around magnum cum laude. And we first met Northwestern. She has had an aspirational acting career and had an incredible teaching career. She transitioned to being a writer and a showrunner. Yeah. She makes television shows. No big deal. She also has a beautiful, beautiful child, and she's such a conscious mother and just an incredible human, one of the smartest I've ever met. I say this all the time, and she's just about the most badass woman I know, and it's an honor to call my friend the, you ready for it, Erin Cardillo. Welcome to the Evolution Podcast, my friend. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Zs. Hi. <laughs> I thanks for having you. me. I am so happy that you're finally here. Aaron and I talk about this work all the time. Aaron actually got into the Joshua bootcamp as well. When did you start? I started last 
year. So it's been about a year. Yeah. A year ago is when you and I had a walk <laughs> and I was down in the dumps and we you have many were, walks <laughs> and you were floating on another plane. And I, and I asked, I was like, what are you doing? I love yeah. that you said that because people are always wondering what they can do to help other people that are, they see in fear and they want to tell them about the work or they want to just say, look, you know, we could just try this or do this, but really the best thing you can do is just be an example of alignment and someone will notice, Hey, you seem to be feeling good. Like what's going on with you? What, what Kool-Aid are you drinking? Can I have some? Yeah. And the other thing that I really noticed about where you were at that moment is you were in a place of complete non-judgment for other people's journeys. Oh, interesting. Um, I knew, I mean, we have known each other a long time. Long time. And, you know, we're, neither of us are beyond a little gossip here and there. It is always um, fun. Even though it's a low vibrational activity, I can't help it's it. Low vibe, it's low vibe. And I remember in that moment, there was just this sense of everyone is on their own journey. Everyone is perfectly where they need to be in this moment. And of course, that's how I... I feel when I connect with my higher self, but it's not always how we feel when we are right. in the earthly muck of it all, right? In the contrast. So um, it was beautiful to witness that from you and to just see how strongly you were holding that. And that was the thing that I was really seeking was how do I, how do I stay in that place where I have no judgment for other people and of course you can't stay there all the time, but that idea that there's, that there is a way to look at the world and a way to look at other people and know that they are where they need to be and they are learning what they need to learn. And that as somebody in alignment, you can inspire them, you can be there for them, uh, and you can really listen to yourself and see if anything comes up, um, if any inspiration comes up to reach out to them, to help them to do something, you know, to do something. Right. With no and attachment to how with no attachment, because exactly. it, you may have, that may be a true inspiration that comes to you from that them to you or from you to them. And mm -hmm. they may not be ready to receive it or they may. And it's kind of going, okay, I'm going to do the thing where I act on inspiration. And honestly, that's something that I've always seen you do truly watching you navigate from career to career and watching how you've blossomed and, and just grown. I'd always seen you as this magical manifester and you weren't filling out limiting belief and manifestation forms at that time. Right. But what you were doing, which you're talking about now is honestly, you were in the business of acting on inspiration. You had enough confidence from doing it again and again, that you would, you were always, always doing this. You were always an example of alignment for me. Now we have words and tools and a language for all the things that we have been going through. But at the time you were living this so naturally. And, you know, it's such a good reminder that acting on inspiration, when the inspired idea comes up, yes, the ego mind comes up to stop you, to keep you safe, but really it just succeeds in keeping you small. And when you push past that fear, you are saying to that fear, I hear you, but I'm not subscribing to what you're saying. I'm not subscribing to the limiting belief that's popping up right now. 
I am not interested. I know that that's not true and I'm going to do it anyway. And in doing so, you also decrease the intensity of your limiting beliefs without filling out a form because a limiting belief is just a belief without information. And so when you act on an inspiration, you're expanding all that is you're adding information. You're seeing right in front of you how whatever the fear may pop up, I'm not good enough. Who am I to write this idea? Who am I to run a room? You know, that's the big thing, but whatever the little things are, whatever limiting belief pops up by just doing the thing anyway, you process it and you expand. And that's in the name of expansion, you know, not in the name of the results or what comes next, just going step-by-step and seeing where it leads. Right. I mean, I have those fears all the time. I, I feel like it's, um, the contrast is pretty strong with me. Um, I, I saw you the other day and I was like in the worst place and you said something that also made me realize you were like, you're coming in and out of alignment every second. Like you're in alignment right now. And then five seconds from now, maybe not, but the more you can keep just that higher perspective that everything is working out for the highest good, that it is all for you, that you are meant to be experiencing this, even if it's completely low, Um, because, you know, I don't think consciousness changes or things evolve without people really feeling the contrast and deciding, of course you have to, I want to lift out of this. I want to lift out of this. How do I do that? How do I bring others with me? How do we, how do we move forward? You know, I love that you said that too, because Mm. you, you are so successful. So I could see someone looking sideways and saying, well, of course she must be happy all the time. So it's important. Right. No. Everyone, everyone <laughs> it doesn't matter when you look side, we all imagine no, no. that everybody's has it easier than we have that right. you're in the contrast. But what I love that you brought up so much because it's true. And it's so important for everyone to remember we're in and out of dimensions a billion times per second. When you're in a hard moment and you feel the contrast and there's something going on in your life, that's difficult. You're not just sitting in a low vibration all the time where you can say to your friends, I'm, unless you keep beating the drum of it, I don't feel well, it's not good. My body's doing this. And you know that you're in and out because if you ever had a conversation with a friend when you're going through something and then it's like all so bad that you guys sort of laugh about something silly just for a second, the point being you are up and down and up and down and up and down. You never stagnant. And that's so, I think, comforting for people to hear that even if things feel tough right now or in this moment or in an evening or in a week that you're not just sitting in a low vibration. you you have access to your guides. You're, you're up and down and up and down. And if you in the reaching in the reaching for the wanting to feel good in the reaching of remembering, Oh gosh, this doesn't feel good right now, but it must be leading me somewhere. So, okay. Just right. in that you raise your vibration. You, you open yourself up for things to come to you, you, you change your vibration is your perception. So if your perception changes to say, it doesn't feel good right now, but I know something is coming from this. Boom. You're there. I think that's why we feel drawn to certain people as well. Um, especially in low moments, there are people that I think to reach out to or text or call and just say, everything is falling apart. And like, (laughs) you don't, and those moments, the people you don't reach out to are the people who are like, yeah, I know it's so bad. 
you know, right. you, so and that is going to like crack a joke or be like, you know, check yourself or whatever. I know you'll, but, you'll call me and tell me something's happened and I'll be like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened <laughs> to you ever. <laughs> so it is true. You do have people in your life that everyone is sort of operating at a different vibra vibrational <laughs> level to hear that. Yes. I will not call you right. I will know that I need to <laughs> in this contrast for a minute. So I'm going to wait to call Jackie. <laughs> no, but that's my word too, is to just, of course, meet anyone where they are in acceptance. You know, we all, that's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. I obviously would not say that to you if in the moment I didn't <laughs> inspired to say it to you. Um, but of course, again, you may or may not be ready to receive and that's okay. Right. And, but there is a conscious choice when you're going through something, how you want to proceed, right? Mm-hmm. You want to call the friend, beat the drum. And the thing is, as we know, the negative thoughts have such momentum. And if you do call that friend that gets in the muck with you, then suddenly you're feeling worse and worse and worse. And the roots of the negative thoughts sort of spread and attach to everything. Oh yeah. Well that person and this thing happened. Oh gosh. And I forgot. Did you hear about this? And it just sort of spins out of control and then it gets harder mm -hmm. to feel better, to get yourself back out. Now you have such momentum. Right. And it's not that those things aren't true and that, you know, in moments you're like, oh, the world actually is seeming to fall apart. And there's a lot of people in pain and a lot of people suffering and I think the misconception about this work is that you're to ignore all of that, right? you know, is that you're to say like, no, I'm up here and everything's good. And, right. you know, and I don't think that's it at all. I think what, I think what it's, this work really is, is to get yourself to a place where you can hear your guides so that they can tell you what the next right action is. And that that action is coming from inspiration is coming from source and not coming from fear. And that's it. That's One person in alignment is more powerful than a million in fear. Yeah. And the only thing I'm going to adjust about that is it's not the right action, but it's the in it's in the name of love action. Yes, exactly. I think that's yes. what I mean by right. I agree. Is because uh, there is no right or wrong, but the idea that there's that there is an action coming from love versus an action coming from fear. It's the difference between creating worlds and erecting buildings, right? It's. Mm, mm -hmm. That is the difference. I agree. And there's a couple misconceptions. That's definitely one. And also it's not meant to be a Pollyanna thing where you don't feel good and you're meant to, you can't get from here to there. If you're right. you know, the real contrast to say, everything is perfect and I am perfect and you're perfect and everything in my life is perfect is too far <laughs> of a jump and you're just going to shut down. Yeah. But it's what's the next step you can get to the next best feeling thought to just feel a little bit better and to right. ultimately get to just satisfaction, acceptance, neutral even. Mm -hmm. And like you said, and there you'll get the idea, the inspired action of what to do next. Because I was saying this actually too about meditation, because that's another misconception about meditation that some of the resistance people have toward meditation is in a world where we've been taught is what gets results, work hard to create the things right. you want to stop and meditate for 15 minutes is counterintuitive on that level, because you're not active. You're just stopping and seemingly doing nothing. Yeah. But it's not actually passive. Once you sort of start to quiet 
the chatter and the ego mind, what does start to happen is the inner voice comes through and that may lead to action and it becomes very active and it right. is way more efficient and get bringing all but the it's things not effort want. and struggle right it's not exactly it's, it's then it's action that is enjoy and then there's sustainability because Correct. what I've realized is I grew up a real perfectionist um which I now consider um one of the worst things to be <laughs> <laughs> I feel you and actually motherhood really help me solve that problem uh pretty quick <laughs> yeah um, right well you know the idea that that if i effort and struggle enough i will get it right i will get yeah. it perfect that I there will, is a right yeah i will exactly. make i will i my first script that i ever wrote took me two years to write because i kept rewriting it and rethinking it and what if the structure's wrong and i don't know and i i efforted and struggled at it for so long um that there was i i don't know it, it now i have an idea and i and i write quickly but you it's because it, i yeah. know how to get into that flow state now where yep. i can just sort of channel something yeah it doesn't mean it's always brilliant but there's a real difference between allowing getting yourself in a place where flow can happen where uh, inspiration can come through you rather than sitting down in a moment of, Oh God, I need to pay my bills. So I better write that this thing. You static in the you flow. Can't, you or can't work from that. Space. Writing your I mean, script. You can, but it's not going to yeah. be right. Not or be writing great. your script thinking, what are people going to think? Is this going to be, is this good enough? And all the limiting beliefs that keep you sort of tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it. And if you leave it up to your ego mind, you will debate forever. You could write that script for eight years. If you oh, yeah. sort of debate, some people think, do. My yeah. biggest advice to writers is please don't work on that same script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please sit down, write 10 other things and then come back to it. You yeah. Know? Um, but you're never going to perfect one piece of art through effort and struggle. Yeah. Ever. Because the mind will continue to debate, debate just to stop you forever. It will never stop. So at some point, you had enough inspiration to say, okay, I'm releasing this to the world, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to give up the struggle. Yeah. But we think that thinking is a productive activity. <laughs> Does that make sense? I need to work this out or you'll hear somebody, you know, I need to think on this. I need to figure out what's wrong with me. Right. I need to figure out why I'm we think that thinking is really we, productive. We need to start saying, I need to dance on this or I, I need to bath yes. on this or I need to, um, you know, uh, nap. On this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is why nap is great. Cause I started saying I need to meditate on this, but that's a form of control, right? I'm going right. to solve this by meditating control, right. but I need to nap on this. <laughs> and I'll tell you why that's the genius thing to say, because napping naturally resets you. When you wake up, you're at a different place than when you go to sleep. So if you're really having a hard time, that's why, you know, when you're feeling depressed, you want to sleep. It's a release of all the resistance in your body and in your thoughts. And so when you wake up, you're in a completely different place. So yeah, nap on it because you're going to wake up and, and you release the control as well, because you're not thinking on it and you're not trying to right. solve anything. Go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Meditation and is actually hard for me 
for those reasons, which is why I like guided meditation beyond just sitting in quiet. Because when I sit in quiet, I think I have to be doing something. I, I feel this urge to think, right? Yeah. And, you know, and then I feel this urge to try to control not thinking. Yes. So for me, meditation has to be active. I need to be, I need to go on a walk and listen to music. I need to put on music and dance. I need to take a shower or a bath and yep. zone out. I need to do something that is not, that is not just sitting and thinking. And, and that's why, you know, guided meditation works too, because I can't think when I'm focused on listening that's to something else. And then at the end of the guided meditation, a thought will come through and I'll be like, oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I got the chills. Yeah. Anyone listening knows I, I meditate, I do guided meditations, but I love listening to chants. I love having music. I just started this new ritual where I have this, <laughs> I keep talking about this, this eucalyptus candle. Cause the aura guy, the Oracle, he told me to use the eucalyptus. So I'm trying different sense, mm. but there's no right or wrong way. The only idea is to quiet the chatter in your mind. I still consider running an active meditation. Folding oh, yeah. laundry can be an active meditation. Yeah. Cleaning my kitchen happens a lot. Yeah. You get into a zone. <laughs> yeah. You're in a zone and you, then you get in the shower. I mean, all of Jason, that's my husband, all of Jason's ideas, they pop and all of our ideas happen in the shower. Who are we kidding? Cause you just mm -hmm. float away. Right. Yeah. When you allow yourself to, when you're not trying to work something out or beating the drum of something that's wrong. Right. Cause sometimes right. you're monologuing in the shower, you're upset about something. And if you find yourself monologuing about something you want to say to someone, that's a good time to just say, Oh, I'm, I'm in my ego mind right now. And this is not serving me. What can mm -hmm. I do to sort of take that next best feeling thought? How do I search for that? And it's a constant practice. I don't think you ever, you know, in taking the boot camp, I think I thought, Oh, well, when I'm done with the boot camp. I'll know how to do it and I'll just be more, you know, I'll be done with all of the never the struggle, you eternally know, never done, eternally never done. <laughs> but what's, what's great is the tools to back up from whatever moment you're in and just say, Oh, what is my limiting belief that's being triggered right now? Right. And that's, you're looking inward as opposed to blaming others and the conditions you sort of take that accountability. And it is interesting because there's a duality here. Thinking is not productive. And yet we're saying, be more mindful of your thoughts. So right. in a way, the only thing you can control is your thoughts, your thoughts, when they are pointing to, let's say you're upset with a partner or something. Oh, this is happening for me. They're being who they need to be for me. This is just my negative emotions are simply a signal from my inner guides telling me that we're not in agreement, that I, I'm not seeing myself as my authentic being. I am acting the victim and not the creator. When you do that, then you open yourself up, right? So it's having that sort of discipline of thought and yet releasing thought as being the way out. Yeah. So there is a duality there. It is both. Right. Right. Which is fun. Which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too, thinking about how your brain works too, because Aaron, Aaron needs logic. You've always been able to find logic where I saw chaos. You were always able to string together different elements 
of a situation in a way that made it make sense to me. You are such a profound writer and thinker, honestly. When I first came to Los Angeles, I took Aaron's acting class. I was in my friend's acting class. She was my teacher. And I saw how her mind worked and it was a marvel, honestly. I couldn't believe the things she drew together. And I believe you were channeling in those moments, right? Teaching always felt like channeling to me because especially at Warner Laughlin Studios where we, where we studied because I never knew what scenes anyone was going to bring into class. And some of them I had seen before and some of them I had never seen before. So how do you teach someone how to uh, show up fully in a scene that you've never read? Right. You know? So, right. Um, so it was an act of channeling and really, really just zoning into what was happening between these two people in a scene. And you could see you could see little pieces of what was missing, even if you didn't know what the whole scene was about. It's like, oh, the connection. The, oh, you always got there. The, I couldn't believe. Let's yeah. be honest. So Aaron sort of taught <laughs> me and then I became a teacher at the studio and Aaron was my, I, I mean, you were aspirational. You were an aspirational teacher. I had to let go of the pressure I put on myself to be like you or anyone and just let the flow come from me. Mm -hmm. And those were my best teaching moments, but man, I saw you and I was just thinking how the fuck did she just, <laughs> so yes, as a storyteller, you're so, you're so brilliant. Honestly, you just have a brilliant mind and your storytelling mind is so brilliant. I've seen you, I've taken lots of walks with Aaron is what we do. We go for walks. We would go every week when you first had your baby and you were always working on a bunch of projects. She writes also movies. If you haven't seen, isn't it romantic with rebel Wilson? Yes. She wrote that. And it's amazing. Go check that out and stream it. <laughs> but we, you would talk about your scripts and sort of diagnose them and come up with ideas just right before my eyes. And I was sort of there just as a sounding board to play and so I understand how, when you say you sit down to meditate, it's quiet, how you do have a discipline of thought. Right. I just need to, yeah, I, solving, it comes to me on walks. Things come to me in movement, I think. Yeah. 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 That's when you engineer. That's when we problem solve. And I think it's because my mind is on something else, right? Yeah. Your my primary focus is, on, is busy. My primary focus is busy. And then there's something in the background that can come forth. Yeah. Your inner voice. So the yeah. chatter mind is gone. And so it allows the space for your inspired inner being to flow. Right. And the perfectionism has to be off, right? The, and that was with the teaching too. I'm sitting in the classroom full of students, people are performing and they're putting their hearts and souls into this moment. Yeah. And I can't be analytical. I can't use my analytical brain completely. I have right. to be, I'm, I have to, I have to say something. I have to, <laughs> I have to show up and right. I don't have time to sit and decide what that's going to be. Yes. You know, Ooh, I, I, have to, yeah. I have to just sort of say what I saw and what felt like it could be brought forth more. Isn't yeah. motherhood this like that too? Because I'm just thinking of oh, everyone yeah. listening, anyone listening, whatever your job is, you have an opportunity to tap in and get in the zone channel 
while you're doing whatever it is you're doing, if it's something yeah. you're passionate about. Parenthood is is a good example of what you're saying, where you don't have time to sort of ruminate. Yeah, you can't sit <laughs> and think what's the best way to address this moment when, when you your have kid a is little... banging their head against the floor because she can't get ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Which I know pro- kids oh. are amazing that way. And it's, it really takes off. Yeah. You have to go with a gut instinct or with, um, um, or with some guidance that is not from your thinking brain. Absolutely. And the hope is that you are in enough alignment to be coming from love in whatever action you're taking, whatever you say, because as soon as you are depleted and in fear and in, you know, distress, then all of a sudden you start to try to control that child. It's you know? really it's hard. Like yeah. tell them to stop doing all these things or, you know, and it all becomes fraught. And I think getting into alignment before you show up with your child, you know, in a parenting space is is ideal, but there, I mean, there's never, you're never going to do that a hundred percent of the time, but I try to take a moment in transition before I go into a room where I know Lucas is because I, I want to, um, just take a deep breath to get right, more exactly. present. Just a second. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that can't always happen, but if you just a little mindfulness on coming from joy, coming from a place of alignment because kids instantly can feel the energy. You know, I think yeah. Luke said to me the other night, cause I was in, I was giving him a bath or something and I was, I, I was not in alignment and I was muscling through it, you know, efforting and struggling and, but being very cheery. And he said, and he said, mama, you're sad. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> not I'm being great right now yeah no you can't fake it with those beings they they got one foot in the non-physical they're tapped in like I'm so great and I'm psyched it was like no you're sad and I was like you know what buddy I think I am feeling a little sad today and then he was like okay and we moved on but I was like oh yeah because in that but in that moment of being seen right it actually shifts you that moment of connection with him had an impact on you and boom it shifts you again And, you know, there's so many things you're saying that are just lighting me up. First of all, any parent that's listening or any child of a parent you grew up with, Mm -hmm. anytime there was an interaction or an exchange that was something you look back at is either you regret how you were or you regret how you were treated. Whatever happened was for both parties involved. So have grace with them and yourself. Let's say as a parent, you blow up and you lose your shit that was called forth from the child as well as from your guides. And even though it feels wrong and it was definitely in fear, it's a part of the growth and expansion of both of you. Now, that being said, this is something that I deal with very intensely, right? I have a 16 month old and a four-year-old and I'm very heavily in this work. It's basically what my whole life has turned into. And yet as a mom, I can quickly get into fear And I have a very strong energy when I'm in fear. I'm very scary and man, I'll feel it. And I, I feel now that I'm so aware of myself. I can feel how my actions 
my actions reveal what's going on with me very clearly. And I can see the momentum. So if I start to sort of feeling myself get stressed out, I, again, my thing is entrapment, not being free. And if I'm trying to do something and Pearl is insisting, I, I give her my attention and insisting. And sometimes I'll start with total acceptance and I know she's coming in a divine time and I give her attention. But then if I try to go back to the thing and she won't let me do it and I feel it build up, I notice how the way I talk to her is different. My choices are different. They're all based in fear. And I just try to grab onto something like this is all fleeting. It in 10 years, she's not even going to want to spend any time with me. Any, any thought that can just just get me back. And she has taken, I think she's brilliant. Our kids are brilliant, right? When I am getting frustrated, she now says to me, because there's an instant shift that happens. Mommy, do you still love me? Oh, because immediately, no matter how intense the momentum is, I'm on a Mack truck hurling 80 miles an hour down the negative stream of thought highway. When she says that I immediately say, of course, I love you. Of course, I will never stop loving you. This has nothing to do with how much I love you. I love you. And I like you as a person. And sometimes (laughs) she'll say, did I do something wrong? Let's say she hit her brother and I'm upset and he's crying. Every time she says, did I do something wrong? And people are not going to agree with this. And maybe I don't say it when she hits her brother, but in other circumstances, I always say it's more like when I've told her to do something five times and she keeps saying no, and she's whining and she wants to do this. And she wants to watch her iPad during breakfast. And she wants to like have, you know, chocolate for breakfast, you know, whatever it is. If it starts like a a thing, I always say, no, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You're fighting for your freedom. You know who you are. You're not accepting any limitations I'm putting on you. If you want candy for breakfast, you don't see any reason why you can't create candy for breakfast. The master manifester that you are, master creator, closer to source energy. Also, you're four. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like you're a four-year-old. And, and so she has these two things that she'll just pop, she'll say, and it it immediately gets me back. So the idea is funny. There is a dance there. She, when she wants her mom back. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. And she knows how to, it it sounds like she knows how to get you into alignment. I think one of the things that I've um, really taken from the school where my son goes is really wonderful about the uh, emotional development. And one of the things that they say to us as parents is that, you know, you, they don't say, they don't use these words, but I'm going to use them for the purposes of this podcast is right. When we're in, when we're in the contrast, right. When we're in the fear and we're acting out of fear, the thing they say to do is, you know, that moment's going to happen. You can't, you can't always control that. And it isn't always necessary to control that. What is necessary is to repair with your children afterwards Mm. and explain to them, mommy was really, really angry. That must've been scary. Oh, absolutely. must've been different. You weren't expecting that. Mm -hmm. That felt bad. How did that feel for you? You know, and get them to, to understand that emotions come and go that the angry feelings are gone now, that um, 
that the love will be there always, Mm -hmm. but that sometimes we have feelings because then it allows them to, when they have big feelings come up, when Mm -hmm. they have anger come up, Mm -hmm. trust that it's okay to move Mm -hmm. through those feelings. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have those feelings. It's okay to cry. It's okay to scream. And I have just one child, so there's no hitting the the brother situation, Mm -hmm. but you know, what happened there is she was dysregulated, right? She didn't know how to control herself in that mm-hmm. moment. So she'll learn that over time. And that's the, the thing you can explain. You know, you didn't know how to control yourself. You were upset. You were angry and you yeah. used your hands and we'll learn how to not do that one day, but it's okay. He's okay. You know, like it's okay. Yeah. We're still learning. She's we're learning still- it. She's exploring. Yeah. And, and for them to know that we're still learning and growing too, you exactly. know, and that we're not these perfect shy. I think, oh. I think there's an old, there's an, an old way of parenting that was, we are the perfect role models and we do everything right. And you, you do it because we said so. Yeah. From us. And yes, yeah. because I said so, and all of that. And I, I'm excited that we're and we chose this obviously, but I'm excited that we're parenting now in a time where there's a different kind of respect for children as human beings. It's important. We talk about respecting elders. You respect children. Two-year-olds deserve respect. All kids deserve respect. Yes. Um, so much about that. Well, first I want to talk about, yes, when you're talking to your kids, when I talk to Pearl after an event, I always say that's mommy's having her own feelings, her own experience has nothing to do with you because it doesn't. Right. She can't make me feel something. She can't make me mad. She said, you know, I made you yell. You didn't make me yell. Mommy yelled because of her own fears. Mm -hmm. And, but it's the same thing for her. If she says, you made me cry, I can't make you cry, You, you know, or she's still say a friend of hers, you know, I need an apology. No, you don't need an apology. It has nothing to do with her, how you're feeling. So we talk about, What's going on with her? But this is something interesting that I actually channeled recently about kids and fears, because also at this age, you're getting nightmares and they're having, like you said, playing around with these different feelings. And we're calling everything from under neutral being boredom to despair, fear, right? Just to reiterate the language. But kids are feeling fear for the first time. So imagine when we say the first cut is the deepest, like your first breakup with a, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, imagine feeling fear again for the first time as a being, Mm -hmm. so you're not just afraid, but it's that feeling now you and I, and anyone listening, we've been feeling fear for a long time. So we're very used to it. Very comfortable, (laughs) very familiar with all the shades of fear. And we've all morphed into other things, but to be a kid, you know, cause she'll say things like, am I going to fall off that mountain? Protect me from getting eaten by the monsters and lots of fears. And I realize, oh, she's, they're all are in that moment, experiencing that for the first time. And that is so much more intense. It's yeah, it's really intense. intense, right. And imagining how sensitive they are. And so that's something I try to also remember when they're dealing with whatever fears, if Pearl is trying to get to me and I'm busy doing something, both of our guides are rendezvousing. It's time to put down whatever I'm doing and spend time with Pearl. The balance is off. There is no continuing what I'm doing. It's not more important. That's effort and struggle and control. 
If she knows that we need to connect in that moment, then that's what we need to do. If she's trying to connect with me, it's because there needs to be connection made. And they are it doesn't teachers. have to be long, right? Like Luke will come in. And now that I'm working from home, Luke will come into my office at all moments, really. Right. But um, but often he just comes in because he, you know, wants a hug or wants to be, wants to show me something just to, yeah. so that I can witness something he's doing. And and then he's off again and doesn't need, you know, but yeah, I think if I locked the door and deprived him of those those little moments of connection I think it would build up in a way that would um yes give more beneficial right so so something about uh, just allowing for and this is where the perfection is okay so what so you lose a thought oh yeah I see or you won't or maybe you work with my husband I'm sure you've seen my daughter on your zoom calls she's in and out his his office is right in the middle of the house (laughs) It is. And I so she- were open the other day when, when I walked in, we were going to go for a walk and, and all of the doors were open to his office and he's like on a call. I was like, how are you doing that? Just yes. like with all, with everything just open to the middle yeah. of the house, you know, just going um, with the flow because there's nothing that important, you know, no. that, and, and I think COVID has helped people sort of realize that from a work from home perspective, I actually really appreciate it when people's dogs or cats or children like come into a meeting. Sure. I think it's delightful. Yeah, because absolutely. We've been living in this really weirdly segregated world for a very long time where when you were at work, you were at work. And when you were yeah, at it's home, more you authentic were at home. And there's, that way. There's a, yeah. yeah, you weren't, you didn't get to see people as full, full, beings you know I love it when somebody interrupts me I don't care if I'm you know having a thought that if the thought was meant to come back it'll come back and if it wasn't it probably didn't need to exactly the bottom line is on your deathbed are you going to say man if I had just finished that meeting Man, if I had just gotten that thought on the paper and if I had with my child, if I just finished that phone call and that year, that day, as opposed to that time of my child's life that we find it really ridiculous. And, and I often get triggered when other people are, are so rigid in their desire to, to focus, you know, or to get the thing, you know, and, and sometimes I can be like that too, but I get annoyed with myself in those moments in retrospect, you know, I'm like, yeah. why am I so yesterday? This happened thing? for me. Cause I spent the whole morning. I took off the whole morning to spend with my son. And then I had an hour when I got home to do all the things I had to do. But then when she came home, she was like, no, you're not going to do any of the things you wanted to do. You are now going to give me that same attention. And I was kind of like, where is everybody? Can someone step in? But no, it didn't matter who stepped in. She just wanted mommy and that was it. Right. But the truth of the matter is it's because we needed to connect and that you just got to roll with it and it will make life so much easier for you and everyone around you. When you start to realize that all these things are happening for you and that there's so much more at play than meets the eye and you trying to keep the focus and keep the thing you're doing is just more control and more effort. Yeah. You want to live a fuller, easier, less anxious, joyful life, then roll with it and know that whatever's coming is the thing that's what's calling for you that's mm-hmm. how you know the balance follow it and see what comes and approach it with curiosity okay what can we do now pro let's make cookies find a way to make it fun and just let go of the control and the efforting 
and know that today is the day that you start doing this. You don't have to wait for a future time to enjoy or reap the benefits of all your struggle and sacrifice there. That's a based on a false premise. You don't require struggle and sacrifice to earn all the things in your life you're trying to earn. They're already yours. You're already worthy. You're already abundant. You are more free than you can possibly imagine. So just enjoy everything that you have today. Now, I just want to say we're so <laughs> grateful for you joining us. There's so much oh, more to talk about. We just scratched the surface. I know. Erin is one of my bestie, bestie, besties. I am just so honored that you took the time to come here. She's very busy schedule. She's a very powerful and important (laughs) person, even though we are all worthy. I am worthy. You are worthy. And I just wanted to say, I love you. And as always, this is Jackie side and sending love.